Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Okay, I'm very excited today. Uh, we have our the one and only Mr. Rocky Step today. He's going to minister the word. And so let's warmly welcome him. You know, it's funny when, um, when we were um, at Jeremy's wedding and we were getting dressed beforehand and, and I, you know, we were in a rush and it was five minutes before uh, the wedding began and I said, where in the world are my shoes? I said, someone ran off with my shoes. I didn't have shoes. So I'm like, well, this is going to look really funny. I'm, you know, you know officiating the wedding without shoes on and then all of a sudden I looked over at Rocky I said Rocky where are my shoes he said oh I'm wearing them I said okay well thank you so I guess if the shoe fits wear it you know I mean come on I guess we our shoes do look alike don't they yeah I guess they do so uh, but you know what I was thinking about Rocky I thought you know what I I'm I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing in his life you know it's like if the shoe fits where is where is it wear it and the reality is is that God is setting has set him apart as as a pastor and he's being raised up in the ministry to preach the gospel and to care for the flock and so Rocky I just want to affirm you that that the Lord's hand is upon you he's anointed you so if the shoe fits wear it you need to walk in it and know that you have the confidence of the Lord Jesus Christ in you to do the work of the ministry. And that the hands were laid upon you. And as Paul instructed Timothy, he said, don't forget the laying on of the hands that came upon you to minister the word. So you are a minister of the gospel and you're anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so know that God is raising you up for such a time as this to really go forward in the ministry of Jesus. And it's a good thing. It's a good work. And it's a nice shirt, too. Thanks, Sam. He actually gave me this shirt because he didn't want it. <laughs> Let's stand. Well, Lord, I thank you for this day, and I pray, Father, that your words would, would be made clear today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would soften our hearts in this room, every person in this room, that their heart would be softened to you. I pray, Father, that ears would be open to hear what you want to say. And I say, Lord, lead, have your way, do what you want to do today. Have your place, have your way in this room, Father. I pray, Lord, that your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come here today, Father. Let us be able to be aware of what you're doing. Let us be able to experience who you are. And Lord, let today be a day filled with your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, I guess I'm preaching today. Today's talk of joy, and 
this has been something that I've been seeking more of, seeking more of God's joy for a while now. A long time ago, when I was in high school, I struggled with depression pretty bad. I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, there was a time where I just didn't want to live anymore. I wanted to take my life. I did not want to be here on this earth. And it was a school night, and I told someone, and next thing you know, I decided not to go to school the next day. Next thing you know, I, I get knocks on my door to my bedroom, and there's probably eight police officers that showed up. They came into my room. Someone had told them that I didn't want to live, put me in handcuffs, and they took me to the hospital. I went there for an evaluation so they, they could make sure that mentally everything's okay, and then 24 hours, they release you. And then school, they make you do counseling, which I hated. <laughs> but for a whole year during that time, every single day, I just did not have a single ounce of joy, not a single ounce of happiness, not a single ounce of peace every single day for a whole year. And this went on. This was a, a struggle that would go on until the time when I decided to really commit myself to the Lord. And I learned that he's more than just Sunday. He's more than just youth on Wednesday. He's King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. He is Lord every single day. And I learned that he can heal. He has the power to heal. He has the power to deliver. He has the power to set free. And the joy of the Lord is a gift. It's nothing that we can earn. It's nothing that we can work for. It's absolutely and totally a gift from him. And so when I decided to really commit myself to him, that's when I was prayed for by for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And from that moment, from that very day, I've not had a single day of depression. For an instant, and this is my story, I know this is not the same for every person, but for an instant and in that moment, he healed me. In that moment and in that instant, he delivered me. And ever since, there's been this joy inside of me that's been building more and more. And I, all the time, I'm saying, Lord, I need more of your joy. I need more. I need to be filled with this joy of yours that's not like the world. But it's a joy that it's eternal, that goes on forever, that never, ever ends. There's, I, you see, I can't explain why God healed me in that moment and on that day instantly. But what I can tell you is that I know his joy is real. I know that it's tangible and you can experience it. Because I know what it's like to not have joy. I know exactly what that feels like. And I can tell you, I have joy. <laughs> I definitely have joy. One, one person that I met that you guys know of is Roland Baker. And he, he's expressed more joy than almost any person I've met. And what I've learned within that person's life is that it, that joy did not happen in an instant. 
That expression within him didn't happen immediately within that day. But he said it was a journey. It took time. It took time of seeking God. It took time of spending time with him. And through, throughout time, God would pour out more and more joy upon his life. He used to be angry when people would start laughing in church because they were touched by the Holy Spirit. He used to be one of the most serious people that you could ever meet. And then, through a journey, God touched him with joy. In John 15, it says, John 15 verse, we can start at 10. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you, be, you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. There's a joy that he has that will overflow. There's a joy that he has for us that is not like any other. He's talking about a joy in this passage and in the New English translation that says that your joy may be complete. Complete joy, fullness of joy, a joy unexpressible. What is John 15? That's all about abiding in Jesus. That's all about obeying him and abiding in him. What does it mean to abide? It's to experience. When you're abiding in Jesus, you're experiencing who he is. We cannot know joy unless we experience it. We can't know love unless we experience love. You can have all the knowledge in the world of what the definition of love is. And you can have all these things in your mind of what you think love is. But you don't know love until you've experienced that. You can't just explain it with words, but it's an experience that has to happen within you. And then when you experience love, there's no doubts in your mind that you have. Because it consumes you. It controls you. It's, love makes you go crazy. Joy has to be experienced. We can't just have knowledge of God's joy, but we need to experience his joy. We need to ask God to give us that experience, to give us, to let us know what it's like to be filled with your joy. What is it like to, to know your joy? In 1 Peter 1, which is where mostly I'll be speaking today from. 'll start at verse three. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy he gave us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That is into an inheritance imperishable. What Jesus gives, it's absolutely eternal. Nothing can destroy what he gives. Nothing can take away what he's given you. When he gives something, he gives it. And there's no power that's greater than his. His inheritance is imperishable, it's undefiled, and it's unfading. It's reserved for you in heaven 
who by God's power are protected through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This brings you great joy, although you may have to suffer for a short, short time in various trials. This brings you joy. Knowing our salvation, knowing what he saved us from, knowing who he is, knowing that we have an inheritance, knowing that we have a place in heaven, that he's reserved a place at the table to sit. This brings joy. Being able to, to know that there's a reservation. If there's a reservation for a restaurant, you have to show up, right? You have to respond. When you set a reservation, you have to say confirm. See, there's a reservation in heaven, and God's waiting for us to respond to him. He's saying, I have it for you. Your table's ready. Are you coming? The response is to him. The response is saying, you are king. You are Lord. And we seek him, and we go after him, and we say, yes, you are the one I want. You, your table is the one I want to sit at. Because just like in the Bible, there's three places that we can look when Jesus was on the cross. There's three crosses. We could look to the left. We could look to the right. Or we could look where we're supposed to, right at Jesus in the middle. Which one are you looking at? Are you looking at Jesus or are you focused on other things outside of him? Not that it's easy to stay focused on Jesus all the time. But when we choose him, there's a joy that comes out of it. That's why in First in Peter, it talks about we may have to suffer for a short, short time in various trials. Such trials show the proving character of your faith, which is more valuable than gold. Gold is tested by fire even though it is passing away and will bring praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You have not seen him, but you love him. You do not see him now, but you believe in him. And so rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't understand it. But joy and suffering have always been connected in the Bible. There's always been this connection with joy and trials, joy and suffering, speaking about having joy within the midst of it. Within suffering, within trials, we do have a choice. The choice is we can either say yes to him, it's a hard choice, or we can focus on all the worries in our life and we can let that take, take our attention away from him. When we make that choice, it comes from a genuine thing inside of us to follow him. When we say, I'm going to follow you no matter what I'm going through, there's a joy that comes out because that's not the easy thing to do. Jesus cares about the heart. You look at the disciples, look at how he talked to them, look at the questions that he asked them. He cares about their heart more than just their actions. And this is a test of heart. If we say yes to him in the midst of a hard time, if we say yes to him in the midst of trials, it takes heart to do that. It takes an inward desire within us to say yes. It can't just be faked or pretend. It's something that's real. 
I remember when my friend lost his mother, um, and you guys remember a couple years ago when she had passed away in a car wreck. I remember going to the hospital after hearing the news, and it, this is the hardest thing I've ever gone through. I remember having a moment where I, I stopped in my car, and I was just weeping, and I said, Lord, this is hard. I said, I need you. I need you, Jesus. And in that moment, there was a peace that I felt. It was still the hard, hard thing to go through. It was still difficult. It was still the worst time in my life. But when I cried out to him in my suffering, I felt this peace and I felt this sense of joy within me of him just wrapping his arm around me and saying, it's going to be okay. We have to say yes to him in the trials. If you want to experience his joy, when hard things come, go to him, regardless of what happens. Joy is also an expression. If some of you have been to charismatic conferences, you know this. You've seen it. Where people, where prayer happens and then the Holy Spirit breaks out and you see people just rolling around the ground, laughing in the presence of God. They're delighting in Him. We don't all experience this, and there's no clear explanation to why, but it happens. It's delighting in His presence. It's having a good time with Him. I was reminded of that when at a staff meeting um, at Sam and Eliza's house. Abel and Alora, they were having time in their life, and me and Daniel were in the kitchen, and they kept looking at us and saying, watch this, watch this. And they were just running around the house, just going, zoom, zoom, watch this, zoom, zoom. I mean, and they were just laughing. But they were having such a good time knowing that we were there watching them. <laughs> you see, I think that that's what it looks like to delight in God's presence. Having an amazing time and saying, Jesus, Jesus, watch this knowing that he's with us and just being so happy that he is and being so filled with joy that he's here and that he's beside us and just enjoying that time we have. We get another day to breathe. We get another day. We, we, he woke us up today. You know he doesn't have to. You know that he controls our heartbeat. It's beating right now because of him. He gives us an opportunity every single day to experience more of him. And what he wants is for us to know of his joy. He wants us to know of his love. He wants us to know this. He wants it to be tangible and real in our life. He does not want us to suffer. It happens, and the Bible talks about it because God is upfront and he's real with us. And he's saying, listen, in Timothy, he says, those who desire to be godly will be persecuted. It's not God's desire that we suffer, but he's telling us this so that we can be prepared, so that we can be ready when these things come, and so that we know what to do. We call upon him. We get on our knees, and we say, you are still king of kings. You are still Lord of lords. No matter my situation, no matter what's going on around me, I will still serve you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There has to be this thing inside you to where you will not budge. 
And within that, you will find more joy. Philippians 4, 4. talks about rejoicing in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let everyone see your gentleness. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, tell your request to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. What he gives, this peace and this joy, it it surpasses our understanding. We cannot comprehend it. But the amazing thing is we don't have to. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to have the knowledge of why everything happens. All we need to know is that when we call upon his name, he will answer. All we need to know, he's king of kings, he's lord of lords, he's here right now. And all I have to do is call upon his name. When we speak and we, when we say, you're the one I want, he will show up because he's a good father and because he wants to take care of us as his children. I believe that there's been a lot of struggle in a lot of people's lives in this room who have gone through hard things, gone through situations of doubt, gone through situations of struggle. And I believe that he's saying right now, I want you to know this joy. I want you to know the joy that David had when he was dancing in his garments. What does that look like? I'm not saying I want to see you in your garments. <laughs> what does that feel like? <laughs> we can have this. It's not just reserved for David. It's not just reserved for the disciples or, or just the people in the Bible, but it's here today for us. We can have this. And there's been, sometimes I've heard where people have wondered, why, why have I not experienced the joy of the Lord? What is it? Sometimes there's things in our life where we can be so in our own way. We can hold ourselves back. It does not feel comfortable to have a time of laughter with God. It's, it feels weird. It's very weird. It does not look normal to the outside world. It doesn't look normal to be talking to someone that no one can see and that you can't see too. It's very strange. But if we step outside of that comfort level, if we pull down the barriers that we might have up, there's more for us to experience. There's more for us to know of him. There's never a point in our lives where we say, oh, I've come to the point of knowing you fully. I believe that even when we're in heaven, we're still going to learn more of who he is because he's eternal. He doesn't have a limit. His knowledge is eternal. Who he is is eternal. If we got to heaven and just knew it all, how would he be eternal? We will always be in awe of him, whether it's here or there. He will always have more for us. But he's saying, come. Don't be afraid. 
He's saying, I know you. He's saying, I created you. He's saying that I know you better than anyone else. And I know how to fill you with joy. And you may feel like, well, I've tried this. I've tried to pray for peace. I've tried to pray for joy, but I don't have it. It's okay. Just keep going to him. Because it says that if you keep knocking, the door will be open. We have to keep knocking. The minute you stop knocking, how's the door going to be open? He has a gift for us to receive. It's joy. This is a part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is a part of him. He's joy. He is the joy of the world. To receive a gift, our hands have to be empty. If someone's going to give you something, how are you going to take it if your hands are so full of other things you're carrying? He wants us to say, here, and he'll take it, and in exchange, he'll give you something even better. He is the gift that's more valuable than life. That's why 100 or 150,000 people die each year for him. He is the gift that makes us want him more than we want food. Just in Mozambique, when a cyclone came, a ministry team came out to this, these unreached people who there is a tribe of mostly Muslim. They're very cut off to Christianity. Well, when that cyclone came, they needed food, they needed water, and even a lot of humanitarian aids couldn't get to them because the roads were destroyed, and so you'd have to travel on a boat, and you'd have to walk for days. It would be a lot. And they brought them food and water, what they needed, but they also brought solar Bibles for them to hear the Word of God. When they came back, they brought more water and more food, and they said that they were asking for solar Bibles more than they wanted water and food. They were so hungry for more of God's Word that in that moment, they put what they needed, they actually needed it, they put it on water and food on hold so that they could seek more of Him. There's this value in Him, and when we, when we discover God's value, when we discover that He is priceless, when we discover that having Jesus in our life is better than having anything else, it's better than any TV show, it's better than any piece of device, it's better than any paycheck, when we discover that He is more valuable than it all, then within that, we can have this joy and the sensation in our life. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. He gives us strength. He fills us up to where we can keep moving and we can keep going, even when you feel tired. Places like Uganda, places like Mozambique, where there's suffering and there's war, there's people that are serving the Lord and they're they're giving all the time. And there's many times where they don't get the chance to get rest. There's many times where they don't get the chance to just sleep because of all that's going on and all the suffering and all the people who need help. How do you think they keep going? It's because of God's joy. It's their strength. They cannot make it without Him. They can't do it without Him. 
in Mozambique, 50,000 people there being fed. You cannot do this without him. We have to have his joy. If we don't have his joy, we will be in a place in our life where we get burnt out. I remember when I had my experience with the Lord and I was filled with the Holy Spirit and there were some people saying that my hunger and my fire for the Lord was probably going to die down eventually. I always thought I was stupid. It's not going anywhere because I'm going to keep seeking him no matter what happens. And just because you don't have a hunger for God doesn't mean that someone else can't. Don't put your prescription on someone else. This hunger and fire for God is just going to grow because I will seek him even when things are hard. It does not mean that my life is perfect. It does not mean I have it together. It means that I will say yes to him regardless. Whatever the cost, whatever the sacrifice, I will say yes and sometimes it hurts to say yes to Jesus. But there's something better in it. If we can say yes to him, regardless, this joy will be undeniable in our life. So, um, Wednesday, there was open mic that I go to downtown. I spoke about the Lord. Spoke about his power. And went outside, I was talking to someone, um, and then one of my friends there, he came to me and he was saying, did you just hear what someone said on the mic? And I said, no. And he said, this person on the mic, they did their thing at open mic, and at the end, after you had spoke, they said something bad about Jesus, and then they said, hell Satan. When we follow him and when we seek him, people will mock us, but do not let it get you down. I said, don't worry about it. This happens all the time. And all we can do is love them. If we have radical love in the face of our enemies, it causes them to examine their life, to see that this is not the way, and eventually they will encounter him. But we cannot let the enemy have what he wants. He does not want us to have joy. When we don't have joy, we don't have anything because Jesus is joy. He is our joy, and we have to have him. And when things come and when people mock you and people make fun of you, are you going to respond by anger, or are you going to let his love fill you, and are you going to show love to others around you? There's a, there's a power in that, and it can only come from him not from ourself. Do not be afraid to be mocked. Don't be afraid of people who will say things about you. That night, there was two people who said that they had an encounter with the Lord through it, and that's what matters, is what God's doing, not what the enemy is. Let us let our attention, let our seeking of Jesus, the time that we spend with him, let that be the most valuable thing, our time to him. 
We pour out our affection by spending time with him. We, we give him what he wants most, and it's us. Not our actions, not our, not our money. He doesn't need our money, but we do it because of its heart. It goes back to the heart. Where is your heart placed? Is it in your wallet, or is it in him? Where are your treasures? I'm telling you this because everybody in this room can experience more. and We can all know him more, regardless of where you are in life, regardless of how much that you may know him now. The missionary, Heidi Baker, I messaged her and I said, what can I pray for? She gave this list. And we all know that just how much they do for God. And, and at the end of it, she said, most importantly, pray that we may know him even deeper. It doesn't end, regardless of where you are, regardless of where you are in your ministry. The goal is always him. He's always our end goal. He's always the one that we need. It's a fun fact. I heard that 15 minutes of laughter can give the benefit that two hours of sleep can. We need more laughter in our life. And we experience that by asking him every day, saying, Lord, fill me with your joy. And I encourage you to just sit and just wait. Wherever you are, you spend time in the morning with the Lord, at night, wherever, sit down in a quiet space and say, Lord, fill me with your joy and just wait until something happens. Because something will eventually if you wait long enough. And then I heard a quote that said, joy is the most annoying to people who don't have any. <laughs> and I think we all know that. <laughs> if someone sees that you're happy, someone sees that you're having a good time, there's always going to be that person that's going to say something. <laughs> and it may not make us happy. But this goes back to putting up walls in our life. We, all the walls have to be down. Because if someone's talking about joy and you're getting mad, Something's going on, and <laughs> those walls need to be down. Let Jesus soften your heart, and get over yourself. <laughs> and there's no, need for, there's no need for jealousy. We're all family. The Lord desires that we have unity. It says in Scripture, I can't think of the, the verse, but it says that, believers or people in the world will know who God is by how we interact with each other, by how we love each other. That is how people will know who God is, by how we as believers show love to each other. And most of the time, we have problems with believers. <laughs> a lot of times when things are going on or if there's someone that we're having a problem with, it's usually a believer. But what I'm saying is, regardless, show love. And go back to, I think it's Matthew 18, when it talks about confrontation, healthy confrontation. Talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. The goal, it says in Matthew, is to win back that person. 
not to just talk to them as a believer, cut them off forever, say peace. Because that's what a lot of us do. If they are a believer too, and they love Jesus too, your goal is to not cut down or, or destroy a bridge. Your goal is to build a bridge, win back that person. Because we all need each other. We can't do this alone. He put us all together on this earth for a reason. We're here to work together. We are the body. And we all have different roles. Some people, some are an arm, some are a foot, some are a toe. I don't know. But we all have a purpose, and that purpose is important. It says in Scripture that even the parts of the body that seem the most overlooked can be one of the most important. You may feel overlooked in this room. You may feel like I've done so much, but nobody sees me. He does. And I want you to know that if you feel that way, reach out. Because I'm sure that you are appreciated. I'm sure that you are loved. But sometimes we need other believers to love us. Like a scripture says, it's a need for us and it's a need for others around us so they can see who God is. And just going more into Philippians 4. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if something is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And what you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. When we look at Jesus and we think of him, and we spend time with him, and we do those things, and we let him move through our life, then his peace will be with us and will move through us. But going back to John 15, it's about abiding in Jesus. That's where the joy will come through us. And the more we get to know him, the more that this can happen. When you really, really know somebody, you know them. Now, when, whenever we're home and the door could be shut, I'll, I know exactly what Tia's footsteps sound like. <laughs> I just know because I know her and I'm so used to it. When we know Jesus well enough, we'll know when he speaks. We'll know when he's doing something. We'll know when he's moving. But it comes through spending time. It doesn't happen immediately because it's a relationship. Getting to know him is the key to living Joy, having our life filled with his joy, that is the key. That's the most important thing, is getting to know him, getting to know who he is, seeking him, intimacy. So what are you going to do? Are you going to get to know him? Or are you going to let the things of the world distract you? You've got to make the hard choice. And you have to say no to the world. There's two things. There's only two things. Jesus says you're either for him or you're against him. There's no in-between. That's not how it works. Examine your life and look at it and ask yourself, 
Am I for him or am I against him? That's the only way because that's what the word says. It's not what I'm saying. That's what he says. So if you got a problem, take it up with the boss <laughs> because he'll, he'll, he'll set you straight. He's the most loving, but when he needs to, he will be the most stern. There's this thing about Jesus that's just more valuable than anything else and more lovely. So I encourage all of you, seek him, spend time with him. Intimacy is key to joy. And we're going to start going into a time of closing. So just stand and let's pray. As I was talking about earlier, if this is you, if you are saying, I need the joy of the Lord, remember what I was saying earlier. Joy can be a journey. You do not arrive overnight at this thing of indescribable joy. You see, there's this thing that's within us to where we get to know him. We get to know the person of Jesus. We don't just know about him, but we know him. We don't just have the knowledge of him, but we experience him. And when we experience Jesus, we experience joy. But we have to spend time with him. Intimacy has to be the most important thing. It has to be him. So I'm going to just pray. And I'm going to ask that prayer team can come up front. And if there's anybody here who says, I need to experience experience the joy of the Lord. I'm telling you right now that some of you will experience him today. And I don't know what it's going to look like. It could be different things. It depends. But I'll tell you right now, for a fact, guaranteed, no question about it. If you need this and you need to experience his joy, then you should come up and prayer team is going to pray for you, and you will. There are some of you that will experience his joy in a tangible way in your life. So I'm just going to pray for everyone, and then if that's you, after prayer, come up. So Lord, I thank you, Father, for this time. I thank you, Lord, that we get the opportunity to delight in your presence. We get the opportunity to enjoy you. We get the opportunity to seek you. Thank you, Father, that Joy is a gift and that we don't have to earn it, but you willingly want to give it to us. Lord, I pray that all of us can grow in the joy of the Lord. All of us can grow in our relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, that we can have a greater knowledge of you. We would know you more. We would hear you more. Let us encounter you, Father. Let us be so overcome by who you are. Father, bring us to a place in our life. Bring us to a point to where you are more valuable than anything else, that you are priceless to us. Bring us to a point to where when we have you and you alone, that's enough. Bring us to a place to where you show us the things in our life that's taking us away from you. Father, I pray in this moment and this time, give us pictures of things that are distracting us from you. Show us things in our mind that's taking our attention from you right now. And Father, I pray that you would give everyone your strength to let those things go so that they can focus on you, Lord. So thank you, Father. 
that we get to enjoy you, enjoy who you are. Thank you that today is the day to rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen.